Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN, and we're happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by the play-by-play broadcaster for NHL on TNT. He'll be on the call tonight for Blues versus Wild. He's Brendan Burke joining us here on the show. Brendan, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you. So let, let's start with this. Just when you're coming into a game like this for a team such as the Blues that is really playing out the string the rest of this season and hoping to find out what the team looks like for next year. What do you have your eye on in a game like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, from a Blues perspective, I think that there's, you know, every team has their own story. Every season has their own story. And I think right now it, it's mostly big picture stuff for the Blues. Like, where do they go from here? You've got a team that's made the playoffs four years in a row. They've got a Stanley Cup not that far off in their their recent past. And how do they get back there? Um, and you start to see what Doug Armstrong's plan is going to be. And these guys are playing for, uh, you know, whether or not they're part of the future here in St. Louis. So, you know, everybody's got their own individual story. Every team has their own individual story. So, uh, you know, we focus on that for St. Louis and, and for Minnesota, obviously it's, it's their playoff push and they're very much in the middle of it. Brennan, what, what sticks out to you about the blues this season though? I, I mean, it seems to be a ton of, Uh, areas of concern, whether it's, you know, the offense being inconsistent defensively being a massive struggle and the contracts are in front of you. But I know you've been on a couple of blues calls throughout the season and you of course see them being the voice of the New York Islanders as well. What stuck out to you about this team this year? Yeah, I I think it's probably just, you know, the drop off or at least the, the, the off years for a couple of guys, a guy like, you know, a a Colton Pareko where, you know, he's been so reliable defensively over the past few years that, that everybody knows, you know, what a, what a, a presence he is out there and to see his numbers and to see his play sometimes, um, you know, those things kind of stick out individually. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, it, it's hard to put your finger on. I think if everybody saw this coming, it would be easy, right? I think everybody at the beginning of the season thought this is, if not a playoff team, a team that would be in it until the end in a very, you know, close playoff team. And maybe they would have been re-signing some of the guys that they wound up trading. And instead they find themselves in a different spot where they've got to move forward and, you know, I think for Doug Armstrong to be able to um, identify that this team didn't have it in them this year and to move the contracts like Ryan O'Reilly and get something back for that and get something back for Tarasenko and, and move guys like Barbashev and Achari, like those contracts where a lot of GMs might have held on to them or tried to go on one more run. Uh, he made the smart move and, and cut bait with them and, and brought back some, uh, you know, some assets for them and, and hopefully can turn those around here to make this not a long process, right? There are teams, you look around at, at the Buffaloes of the world where they've been going through a rebuild forever. 
Um, you know, I don't think that Doug Armstrong has that in his in his mind about where this team's going from here. Brendan Burke is our guest here on 101 ESPN. He'll be on the call tonight for Blues versus Wild NHL on TNT. Brendan, that's what I wanted to follow up with you on is how quickly do you think the Blues can rebuild this thing? You have maybe a little bit more of a national perspective on this than we do here locally where we're so close to it and it looks bad on certain nights. How how quickly do you think Doug Armstrong can actually turn this thing around? Yeah, it, it depends on, on on where he does, where he sees, and how quickly he wants to do it. I mean, I think that the the question is right when he goes out and trades, you know, guys like Ryan O'Reilly, and he, and he brings back these high first round picks. Right, I think he's got three first round picks that he's gotten back in these trades. Uh, the question is, are you drafting players in the first round, or are you packaging those picks to get NHL players that are currently available? Um, and, and I think that'll be seen during this offseason about if he drafts guys, if he goes out and, and takes somebody in the first round at 18th overall or whatever it's going to wind up being, then it's going to be a longer process. But if he goes, all right, I've got a first-round pick, can I move this for a current NHL player that can make my team better next year? Then he's got his foot on the accelerator. And I think that's probably where he goes. I don't think he's going to use all these first-round picks to draft 18-year-old kids. I think he's going to turn these first-round picks, flip them around, and try and build something that can be, uh, you know, impactful soon. Now, how quickly that could happen? Could it be next year or the year after? It could be. Could you be looking at the world's fastest turnaround like the New York Rangers, who went from <laughs> telling their season ticket holders that they're going to be rebuilding to going to a conference final in three years? That doesn't happen very often. You need a little bit of luck involved there. Um, but it could happen. So I, I think that if everything goes according to the Blues' plan and Doug Armstrong's plan, I think you're probably looking at that that three to four year turnaround as opposed to a six to eight year turnaround where you you're starting from scratch. So, so Brennan, when Doug talked about that a couple of weeks ago, you might've heard the comment where he said he'd like to be the LA Kings only quicker. And the Kings of course have done it a couple of years, but the one team that I do find intriguing because it, it does seem like they're in kind of a similar situation is a team that you watch every game and it's the New York Islanders. Now, not so much of where they had to retool or rebuild because they had five or six years back in the early two thousands that weren't great. But even if you look at them right now, they missed the playoffs last year. You're fighting for a playoff spot right now. You've had turnover with your captain of John Tavares. Do you see any similarities between what the Islanders have gone through these last couple of years in the blues? Uh, yeah, if you, if you discount the fact the Blues got that Stanley Cup, that's the big thing. I think you're, you're talking, you know, where do we go from here as the Blues and every other team, I shouldn't say every other team, but so many teams in this league would absolutely trade places with the Blues because in, in four years ago they got that Stanley Cup, right? That's the big difference. Everybody else has been rebuilding, trying to get that one magical year that you've had here in St. Louis. So don't take that for granted. But yeah, I mean, you, you, the, the salary cap world is, is an amazingly complex world, right? You have contracts that you don't want to move that you have to move. There are players that you think you have that are going to sign that don't sign. And all of a sudden uh, you don't have anybody to fill that hole, or you've got, you know, what the Rangers are going through where they can't even dress 18 guys to play in a hockey game because of the salary cap. So uh, it's an amazingly complex world to navigate through. And at the same time, uh, can create such parity and such, uh, you know, such quick turnarounds for teams where you don't think it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, the team's like, listen, I can't afford to keep this guy. This guy, under normal circumstances, would never be available. But you know what? For that first round pick, you can have him. You can fit him under your cap. So there are things like that that happen all the time. Uh, or one guy changes everything. And I, I hate to keep going back to the Rangers, but you talk about how quickly they rebuilt. 
signing Artemi Panarin accelerated everything on the Rangers' timeline. Uh, you know, a lot of people point to their timeline and go, well, they, they hit the lottery and they got the first overall pick and the second overall pick in back-to-back years. Lafreniere and Capococco are not the reason this team is as good as it is for the New York Rangers. So uh, you sign one key free agent and, and things can turn. So, um, you know, the Islanders are kind of in, in that boat. They, they made it to back-to-back conference finals. Uh, and then they, they had a really rough season last year because they went through COVID problems. They opened a building, so they had to start on a 13-game road trip. So kind of got derailed a little bit. Um, but as a team that's been able to kind of stay in the hunt here uh, after everything uh, had seemed to go south with, with losing their captain and a few other free agents. So, um, you know, th- it, there is light at the end of the tunnel, even when you seemingly have lost uh, big parts of your organization. And that seems to be the conversation on the defensive side of it. Not so much of, you know, going out there and signing that big free agent, Brennan, but, you know, looking for that number one defenseman that they lost in Alex Petrangelo and figuring out what they're going to be able to accomplish with all of these contracts and the guys that they have under uh, contract for the next few seasons. Yeah, and, and you, you got to hope that some of these these guys turn out to be what you expect them to, right? Like a Scott Perunovich, for instance. Uh, you know, as a guy that's seen a cup of coffee, he's dealt with injuries this year. Uh, can he be a guy that can be a top four defenseman? I mean, not a number one defenseman, but can he be in the top four conversation? Uh, can you develop one? I mean, the, the I say that these marquee players can be available. Boy, number one defensemen are hard to come by. <laughs> they are so hard to come by in the NHL. Uh, so you better start getting your scouts uh working overtime to try and find somebody that they can identify early on that can, that can turn into a number one defenseman because uh, if, if you found one, you're not giving them up that easily, that's for sure. We're talking to Brendan Burke for just another couple of minutes here on 101 ESP, and you'll see him on the call tonight for NHL on TNT, Blues versus the Wild. Uh, Brendan, you are typically watching the Eastern Conference, and I did want to ask you about that side of the league as well because, man, it is, it's crazy what is taking place over there right now. The Bruins are on a historically great pace, and it felt like at the trade deadline, every other moment that you looked at Twitter, you'd be refreshing, and it would be another Eastern Conference team that's loading up for the this playoff push what's your impression of what we're going to witness down the stretch with the eastern conference and do you have a gauge on other than the bruins who you think is best set up for a push in the east yeah that's a good question i think that you're right the trade deadline it was it started with you know Cole horvat and then tarasenko came over and then timo meyer came over and everybody is you know not only the east but the metropolitan division specifically and then boston goes out and gets orloff and halfway from the metro into the atlantic it's wild. It's wild to think that so many of these teams that spend so much of these assets to get better for the trade deadline will be going home in the first or second round um, because everybody has kind of geared up thinking they can make a run at it, which which should make for awesome hockey games down the stretch and into the playoffs. Um, as for anybody that can that can win this I, in the East, I, you know what? The Svechnikov injury in Carolina changes it a little bit for me. I thought Carolina – had a really good shot. I think not a lot of people were talking about how good Carolina is. Just an efficient hockey team that goes out there and gives you the same thing every night, works hard, um, high-energy team. You know, they're, they're as good as, as anybody in the East. Um, I wonder about a team like the New Jersey Devils, if they, if they have it since they're so young and so inexperienced, but they are a highly skilled hockey team that can make some noise. But at the end of the day, it looks like, and this could change, but – it looks like we're going to get Devils-Rangers in the first round and Lightning-Maple Leafs in the first round. 
I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, I, I think that anybody that's complaining, oh, we should go one through eight and the, the playoff system's broken. No, this is awesome. I'm all for it. I'm all for the way it shakes out. A good team's going home in the first round. If you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you're going to have to beat the good teams anyway. Uh, I, I think we're gearing up for an awesome first round in the Eastern Conference for sure. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Brendan, final one from me and just locally to go back to one player that we talk a lot about this season. And I am curious from the national perspective what the view on him is. Jordan Cairo, uh, you know, we've talked about the growing pains of a 24-year-old who's still learning the ropes of an everyday NHL player, but he also just surpassed 30 goals and he's 24 years old. What's the national view of a Jordan Cairo? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody understands that the the future, at least the short-term future of the Blues is is Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. And you can even throw Bushnevich in there a little bit, but he's, he's a 30-goal scorer. That is not easy to do. Um but at the same time, you're looking and going, okay, he's got 30 goals, and he's a minus 35. And, and yes, plus minus is a flawed stat. But at the same time, if you're scoring that many goals and you're on the ice for 35 more goals allowed than you are for, there's a problem there. So I think that the, the viewpoint on a Jordan Cairo is, boy, this guy has a whole lot of talent, but he still has a long way to go to become that complete NHL player. And he's young enough that that's, that's not necessarily – a knock on him. It's just where he is in his development. He's not there yet, uh, but he certainly has the, the, the skill, the talent, the ability to become that player. Uh, if, if the blue staff can kind of get him in the right situations and point in the right directions to learn that full 200 foot game that everybody is, is trying to learn at the NHL level. But certainly uh, I think a lot of teams would love a guy with that kind of talent that they can try and fix the rest of the stuff for Jordan Kyrie. For what it's worth, the Blues have allowed 20 empty net goals so far this season, Brendan, and I'm pretty yeah. sure Jordan Cairo has been on the <laughs> ice for all of them because he's a part of that unit. So that that is playing a heavy role in those that plus minus. But even if you took that all out, he's still a minus 15 on the season, which is not ideal to say the least. No, no, you're right. That, that's why I say plus minus a flawed stat. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's one of those things like a, it's it's a bikini. It shows you something, but it doesn't show you everything, right? So it, it, it's not like telling you the whole story, but it's giving you a whole lot of information that you can't ignore either. Spot Speaking on. of bikinis, I will be at Hooters tonight for a bikini contest at 8 o'clock. That's a weird transition. Brendan, appreciate the time as <laughs> always, man. Enjoy, enjoy the game tonight. We'll be watching over on TNT, and hopefully we'll be talking to you again soon. Hey, I got Panger with me. It's always a good day when I got Darren Pang next to me. <laughs> you got to love awesome. it. That'll Thanks, be Brendan. awesome. We're looking forward to it. That's Brendan Burke joining us here on 101 ESPN. Always appreciate his time.